and like it or not like before covid we would look at the way chinese lived and look at social credit systems and digital currencies and all of these things and say we, we don't ever want to live like that yeah and then since covid people are saying these things are a good idea and the infrastructure is already in place for a lot of these things you know and now we've got set we've got are the, the UK head of the economy who leads the G7 saying that they're actually going to introduce central banking digital currencies, which are basically like coupons. And oh, they even say no. that these are, yeah, this is our, our chance of success has said this. The government and employers are going to be able to choose what you spend these things on. So these oh. things are more like coupons than anything else. Oh, so, Tobias, you got to move to yeah. America, bro. Dude, but I mean, you know, this is going to, ha- it's happening there as well as anywhere else. Holy I think. But, uh, shit. But, you know, this is what this is what we mean. It's like, I don't believe that's ever going to win because the only thing that gives these structures their power are us, the people choosing to believe in it is, is oh, complying. You know, yeah. that's really what's happening. Like, like these governments have power because they keep us afraid and then therefore we sacrifice our freedom for the sake of security. But when people start seeing through the fear and the lies, which they're now starting oh, to, man. because isn't it convenient how, again, COVID oh, just switched yeah. off as soon as it was, you know, no longer convenient for us to worry about that. People are seeing through the fear and they're realizing that actually we don't need to live in this fear and, you you know, surrender our, our, our freedom for, for whatever these guys are offering us. Like, we're going to claim our power back. And I think maybe we need to be squeezed and pushed a little bit more for that to happen. Shit. So the first thing I want to I want to ask because like 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 I said like I, I've got no agenda here, um, but I've been going through uh, and and this is kind of a a pretty normal question to ask a normal topic to have. Uh, people think about it. I haven't been thinking about it for eons, and it's basically like free will, right? But my my question is, is there? Do you think there's originality? And what I mean is. Every decision you make was a uh, product of things you've experienced in the past. At least that's that's my opinion. And I remember I was, I was talking to this woman at work, and, and she uh, majored in philosophy. And I and I asked her this question. I haven't seen her since. She said, I'll get back to you. Like, I'll, I'll think hard on this. <laughs> I know, right? It's been like a couple of weeks. Still thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I scared her. But the thing is, every decision you make was a result of something you've experienced in the past. And it goes into nature or nurture. And to believe you have originality is the height of hubris. It's, it's like basically basically to believe you're like omnipotent, in my opinion. But do you think do you think there's originality or everything is just a recreation of what you've experienced before? Yeah, I love that. Straight in there, man. I, it's yeah. funny. This is a conversation I was having with someone recently. And um, <laughs> they were kind of they were like because obviously i'm on tiktok they were like you know you're not you're not really saying that much that's original on tiktok and i'm like well that's probably it's probably quite a good point i'm you know for the most part i'm recycling stuff that i've heard elsewhere or, or you know stuff that i've kind of picked up even without necessarily realizing it and then we we're like yeah is it even possible to be truly original kind of with like what you're saying i don't know you know um you know and what i think about is like if you read like a self-help book you'll hear the same stuff patched up a thousand different ways in other books. Um, so, you know, is it possible to kind of say something that's new and original when there's so much stuff being created and so much stuff out there? I'll never say it's impossible. Um, it's just like, 
you know, we see less and less substance that's original. What I think is original is like, is the style. I was thinking about this yesterday, right? It's like, mm. I can't, I might not be able to kind of share truly, truly original ideas, but what is original is that I can do them the way I do them, which no one else has ever done before. You know, like the only true originality is, is being your, your, because no one else has lived like your life. Exactly. No one else has yeah, exactly. exactly like kind you. of your experiences. So it's the exact same with me. I think, I think that's the only true originality we can bring is just to be fully ourselves. Like our, our unique kind of like amalgamation of all our different thoughts and experiences and stuff that, that create this, you know, this vessel, if you like, that is you in the moment. But I think what you were saying was because of like, like you say, that it was almost more about the free will side of things, right? Yeah. I have, honestly, I don't really know where I stand on that, you know, because yeah. I think everybody has that thing where it's like, like I, I've, I've often felt in my life, like I'm guided, like, okay, like I, I thought I was controlling this, but I really wasn't. Like there was something else happening here that brought all of these things together. Um, and then like you say, you know, we're so programmed like biologically and in terms of the way our mind works and all these sort of different patterns and things that happen. And then we've got all this social conditioning and our beliefs that kind of affect the way we see the world and that affects the way we respond to it. So I definitely think that a lot of what we do is outside of our like direct conscious control, but I, I guess I have to believe for me, I just have to believe in it because it just feels true for me that we have we have we have the free will to influence our life if not control it I, does that make sense i understand i get what you're saying right with the um you know you can run the same you let's say you're hiking you can go you can run the same uh trail as somebody else the difference is you're doing it you know i like so that's that's part of the difference i guess the reason why it's a question that i ask myself is because is because of the free will thing, and I don't. If the case is that I have no originality because everything I choose is a result of something else in the past that I've chosen, or that has been chosen for me, or that has been experienced by me without my consent, because anything I do is because of any of those things, I don't have free will because I don't have original thought. It's like. If you go like hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, tens of thousands, whatever, and uh, you you look at cavemen, right? They painted animals in caves because they saw them. That's not an original thought. That's them perceiving and recording. Um, and that's like that's like a pretty big thing to say. It's like, oh come on, Mark. They they couldn't have inspiration to do it. No one told them to draw art. It's like, yeah, you're right. I don't have the answers for everything, but I don't think any of the ideas a human has is completely their own. I think everyone shares ideas and they don't realize it. Um, and there's no solid answer for this free will shit. It's just, it drives me crazy because sometimes I like to think that everything I do um, is my own. But then if I think too hard, I'm like, damn, if I grew up a little bit differently... A little bit differently. If my, if my parents stayed together, if I grew up in a different house, if um, I was rich or if I was poor, obviously my life would be completely different. And that makes me think that my personality 
isn't actually mine. It's almost like I'm borrowing it from the specific time that I've lived. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess what, you know, you were saying it's almost like these ideas, they come from the experiences and the people and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, so it's never really truly yours. Do you know the idea of like the collective consciousness? Oh, coincidence. I was just speaking about that in, the, in one of the last episodes I did actually. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I, like, I really believe that I believe, I believe in the idea of oneness, which is that there is one source life energy out of which all things come, you know, you, me, everyone. And we're all connected. We're all part of that, 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 that infinite source. And this idea of the collective consciousness is, is like, you know, the super conscious. It's like, it's the sort of, that we're, we're all connected. We're all feeding into this one hive mind consciousness, if you like, that we can tap into. Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, the likes of Tesla and Edison, a lot of these great minds often credited for their ideas. Wait, one, you know, moment, they would, one moment. If, uh, if you, I don't know if it's your wire hitting your jacket or if it's, yeah, your, I'm trying to hold it away yeah, from it. Or if it's a loose a connection of your, in your, uh, computer or whatever. That? Any better? I don't, no idea what it is. It, it might be, but it might be. You know be. what? Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch over. I've got a better. I know worries. I'll cut through this. All right, everybody, sorry for that. Uh, Tobias, as you were. Yeah, so we're talking about the superconscious. Um, and I was saying how, you know, a lot of like Edison and these great inventors credit the superconscious. They say like, oh, these ideas kind of came to me, came through me. And a lot of them had like meditative practices. I think it was Edison who used to fall asleep. Maybe Edison, one of them who used to fall asleep on a rocking chair and then wake up and have these ideas. Anyway, my point is it's like, we are like this idea of original thought is it coming from me or is it coming from someone else but it's like we're all by my view we're all connected we're all one anyway so it's all coming out of this same sort of source consciousness if you like you know and i love the idea that says like often if you get an idea you're not the only one receiving that it's just like you're if you think of it like energetically or like a radio receiver you're tuned in to like 98.1 fm and everybody else who's also tuned into that frequency is receiving that same download, receiving that same idea. Um, and that's why I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've, I've said things before or like created content and said something. And I'm like, wow, that, that was really, that was really cool. It was really original. And someone's been like, yeah, you got that off X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I didn't think I did. I thought it just came from me, but uh, you know, clearly, clearly not. Right. So um, then it fuels this idea that it's not original. Um, but I guess my point is, I try not to get too caught up worrying about all of that stuff because it doesn't really, yeah. really matter to me whether I did come up with it or not, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, well, what's the point of worry? Because like, I, I even said that to somebody recently because they, uh, they, I don't know if they, they like, critiqued themselves and said, oh, that's not original. And I'm like, bro, nothing's original anymore. Just keep going. T- continue mm-hmm. talking. I think they were talking about their, uh, their book idea. And they're like, I know it doesn't sound too original. I'm like, no, man, there's nothing original who yeah. cares anymore just keep going that's it that's um it. but yeah i like i like the idea that um I'm not, i don't say i like the idea as if it's uh i totally believe in this but i feel like it might be the case where if like this multiverse stuff is real right this um mm-hmm. there's there's different consciousness th- different pieces of me across spans of time experiencing little different variations of my life I really feel that because it's these small changes could be change they could be different and I could have been living a entirely different life. So I do kind of feel like I'm living on, you know, a borrowed existence. Like this isn't mine. Mm-hmm. 
Which is really annoying because sometimes it makes me feel like I can't change it. Uh, you know, it makes you feel stuck sometimes. Yeah. And I'm also young, so I don't I don't have much experience. So I could just be like being very uh, pessimistic or in, in a way pragmatic, actually, because I look at things and I'm like, fuck, this shit sucks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this or what to do there. And uh, there's no answers because eventually you get too old for anyone to help you out, like anyone to teach you what to do. So I, it's just mm-hmm. feeling feeling a little bit stuck, um, but then also feeling like, wow, I'm taking part in this gigantic, uh, I, I, for lack of a better word, like uh, theater. Like I'm, like I'm yeah. taking part yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see, for me, with all this stuff, right, I, what it always comes back to is it's like, does believing in this, add to my life or detract from it does it empower me or does it weaken me because not me we haven't got a clue I, re- I haven't got a fucking clue how the world works i don't really know but I, I i can choose what i believe and whatever you whatever you choose to be like whatever you believe about the earth you take that on faith at some degree you know like even people who are like hardcore rigid science is the way you know i always say this it's like well science says that it's a fact the earth orbits the sun well we don't know that like we don't know that tomorrow the earth could suddenly decide the, the, the universe obey like you know starts obeying a whole new set of laws right we can predict it probably won't and we can predict that hey as far as we always know the earth's always orbited the sun so tomorrow it probably will do the same thing but we don't really really know that so it's like whatever you decide at some level you're taking it on faith that hey this is the way it's been or the way it seems to be so it's going to keep being that way so when it comes to like more sort of, you know, esoteric, bigger questions like this, I choose to believe in it in stuff that empowers me so that I can live a happier, like more empowered, more sort of just a better life, you know? And if it ever starts taking me into a zone where I feel powerless, where I feel like a victim, where I feel like it's making me feel less about my life, then I kind of think, is that really serving me? Because I don't know whether that's true or not. So if it's not serving me, why don't I let that go and, and choose something that might, you know, that, that feels more resonant for me, basically. I, I, I've, uh, I've been stuck on this for a while um, because you have the capability of doing something like that. You can say, you know what, this isn't, this isn't good for me, it's not healthy for me, it's not serving me, and you can change the way you think. I have a very hard time doing that. I, am, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm 100% melt, mentally healthy like i'm like oh man it's like it's pretty hard for me to like change my mind not because it's like i'm stubborn but because when i say change my mind guys i don't mean like it's hard for me to change my mind about uh political policies what i'm saying is it's hard for me to change my mind about how i perceive the world because i i don't know if i'm if i'm scared or if i'm like uh it's just hard for me to see it a different way but the point is you say things like it's not serving me so I'm not going to give it the time that it's asking to uh, take away from me. Like, it's what I don't want it. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't know which philosopher said it. It might have been Pascal. Um, and I might only be saying that because that's the last philosopher I, I was reading uh, on. But uh, the the thing is, you, you know, humans were gifted with unfathomable consciousness. Like, we don't understand it. We don't get it, right? And because of that, because we're gifted with uh, consciousness, um, there's two things. Well, there's a lot of things we realize, but in this circumstance, there's two things we realize that I want to uh, stay on. And one of the things is that we 
know how much better we have it than other people. Like we we can be aware that we're healthier. We've got more money. We've got more uh, you know, food in our bellies. We've got um a, like a great family. Like we know what we have better than other people. But for some reason, for some stupid reason, the louder voice in our head <laughs> only tells us what we're missing out on. And bro, yeah. I cannot shut that the hell up. I really can't. What if the aim isn't to shut it up? Oh, what would the to aim be? That it's there. Oh God, <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't. I, oh, All right, okay. So here's, here's, here's an analogy that I've been using a lot, right, with with clients and with myself. And I think someone else. I think it was Bashar, someone like that, said this. And it's like, if you imagine that you're in like a small room and all around you, there are springs on these walls and these springs can be anything. They can be situations in your life. They can be particular thought patterns. They can be addictions. They can be, um, you know, the war in Ukraine, like whatever it is, like this is just the substance of your life. What we do is we push against those springs and we go, I don't want that. I don't want that thought. I don't want that pattern. I don't want that belief. And I'm going to push against it. And all that we do when we do that is we use a lot of force and energy trying to push it away and we create resistance and then when we pull that away that that spring just bounces back at us harder you know it's like it's, it's that older adage like if anyone starts meditating and they say i can't meditate because i try and shut my mind up and it just it goes even it goes even harder right you know that or, or the pink elephant thing don't think of a pink elephant your mind thinks of that yeah. there's no brake pedals with the mind and it's kind of true in, in in wider life as well like the more we push against something Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Like the harder that thing pushes back, that's certainly what I found. Does that, do you follow in that? Yeah. You know, my, a guest I had on a long time ago, um, over, had to have been over a year ago. Um, the way he explained what you just said, I'm pretty sure you guys were on the same page, is that um, he explained it, the way you, you put it is, um, if you're trying to avoid pain, don't, like, directly avoid it. Like, be more stoic about it and, and like, accept that it's there. Don't, like, try to hide from it because that just makes it worse. And the way he, I think that's what you're saying. And then the way he explained it was with desire. He said if you desire something, don't directly go for it. Um, accept that you want it, but let the universe give it to you. Um, and the way he explained it was um, he said let's say – you you want to meet a woman, um, you're not going to go to Starbucks and look for a woman to talk to because then the universe will be like, bro, chill, chill the fuck out. First of all, it's <laughs> going to like, no, you're going to be super off putting. That, that's a whole different yeah. conversation. But what he was saying, you want to, if you want to meet someone, if you want to meet a person, or let's just say you have a goal, um, that's, uh, that's not directly correlated to your skill, a goal that's not directly correlated to your skill. Um, you kind of just got to let it happen. Don't push away opportunity, but don't try to create the opportunity. Let the opportunity just ensue, understand? So I th- so that's the way he explained it with desire, and then you explained it with uh, trying to, you know, keep away the bad things, right? So I yeah. do get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And that what doing what you just said is super hard. That is so <laughs> hard to do. Oh man. Yeah. It is it is tricky. It's, it's, it's this process of allowing, right? And um, the, to, to kind of build on that, because what you were talking about was like a particular thought. You know, it's like, we bring back the spring analogy. When, when we push against something or we push against a thought, what we're actually kind of doing is we're actually saying that that's true. You know, okay. we're giving it energy. We're saying that I'm, I wouldn't, otherwise you wouldn't push against it. Like if we have all these springs, 
Well, you're ignoring most of those springs, but you've chosen that motherfucker to push. Yeah. So clearly in your mind, that one has meaning for you. But the truth is, it's just a spring. Like all the other springs, the meaning is happening inside your own mind. And it's the same with the thought. Like when we push against the thought, at the same time, we're kind of holding on to it because we're saying that a part of us is saying, oh, this is true. You know, this is real for me. Like I am not good enough or whatever the kind of line of thought is. And that's why we push against it. And so it's almost like, like you say, it is, it is difficult. And then, and I find this is like the practice is, is downing the tools, trying to really trying to down those tools and, and accept that and be like, Hey, here's, here's this thought, here's this thing. Ultimately it is just what it is. I'm the one that gives it the meaning. I'm the one that gives it the energy in my life. And the more that I try and push it away in a way, the more I'm actually holding on to it. Do you think that's like uh one of the biggest reasons it's hard for people to heal is because they can't stop pushing on, on their springs. Yeah. Yeah. This dude, this is such a big thing. And I found this in my journey, you know, you get into this self-help self-healing space and because it's an industry, they have a vested interest in keeping us fixated on all this fixing, healing, healing, healing. And what we do is we, we, we zoom in on all our problems because we start to realize, Hey, actually I'm not a victim. I can do something about my life. And then we, we, we zoom in on all these things that are kind of wrong with us and we try and fix them. But really what we're doing is like there's that phrase where attention goes, energy flows. Mm. So you're fueling more and more of your energy into this problem. You're making it a bigger thing in your life, you know, and then you're fueling these stories of why can't I shift this? Why? What if I'd done this differently? Like all of that kind of stuff. It's really important to heal. It's important to acknowledge and look at the, look at your shit. But we don't want to get trapped putting all of our, our time and energy there. Like you say, we, we, we just get caught in it. Definitely. Hell, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it like everything you're saying is making sense, but you know it's it's taking action. That's that's you know that's the hard part. It's um it's like knowing you have a pro. Like I'd actually argue, you know, when people say like like uh, uh saying you have a problem is the first step in recovery. I actually think that's probably the easiest thing to do is be like, yeah, I got a problem, you know, because well, that's what most people that's all most people are doing. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. but so the the hardest part is actually trying to recover. Um, and I feel like sometimes recovers like not the right word. Uh, like I'm not against it. I'm just saying like some things like I feel like recovering like implies that action was taken against you. But I feel like in this situation, mm. a lot of people action wasn't taken against them. They've they've done this from the, to themselves on their own. Like I'm sure I know there's like childhood trauma from like other people. Um, you can you can have PTSD, see PTSD, whatever it is. You can um get in a car accident i don't know but um i think the majority of people don't experience super harsh um physical interactions with the world i think most of it is self-inflicted uh pain and so everyone i think can accept yeah you know saying i'm not happy saying that out loud that is saying you have a problem but then doing something about that that's way harder Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know what what it's what it's like in the UK, but um, or like I don't know what uh, a people's relationship with therapy is like in the UK, like what the culture is, but in America, I know a lot of people who are like gung ho about therapy. They love it, and and I've only ever heard, at least from firsthand accounts, good things about therapy. But a lot of people are afraid of it too, and I don't want to push anyone away from therapy. I don't want I want I don't want you to be afraid because. 
I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I've only been to therapy three times, and those three times I was a kid. Like, so don't take my word for it. But I do know a lot of people are uh, afraid of therapy because they're afraid if they say the wrong thing, they, like, they have no trust in their uh, their therapist to mm. keep their best interest in mind. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a, this, this is a big topic, right? Like, I, I work with a lot of people who have been in therapy or do go to therapy, you know, and... It's like you call something therapy and immediately all of this stuff gets thrown under that label. But like there's so many different types of therapy, so many different kinds of therapists. It's like, are they are they sort of, you know, these what we might call more mainstream therapists that are kind of doing the very outdated approach to mental health, which is using something called the DSM-5, which is like this diagnostic manual, which they've oh. been using for a long time, where effectively they they almost, you know, try and fit us into a particular box give us a label and then follow the particular treatment plan which usually involves a certain amount of medication to treat that particular thing we're now you know the the, the rising research and again i'm not a therapist i'm a coach so like i don't really really know a lot you know this mm. stuff really so take it with a pinch of salt but like is is saying that's not the best way to deal with people because everybody's an individual and just because someone might have anxiety doesn't mean it shows up the same way as it does for everyone else or bipolar or whatever these these labels are um and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people have had experiences maybe of going to therapy and it actually making things worse sometimes or, or, or not helping or certainly like really putting them off the idea of getting help and talking about this stuff. Because um, first of all, there's a big stigma around mental health, even calling it mental health. You know, a lot of people, I think, have this idea, particularly in the UK, if you go to therapy, you're mentally ill. You know, there's, yeah. like, there's something wrong with you. Yeah instead of understanding that, hey, like, we're all trying to figure this crazy world out and we need help with that sometimes. And, and we don't live in a culture where it's normally acceptable to even open up about what you're going through with your friends because everyone's so busy trying to put on a face pretending that they're okay so that they can feel like they fit in and are validated and accepted that we don't realize how much everyone around us is struggling. And so there's really taboo to, to kind of to talk about this stuff and, and it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, I kind of gone around it on a few things there, but it's, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I was watching something or reading something or talking to someone, but the topic was suicide. Mm. And they were saying that it's, it's kind of weird that people are afraid or it's taboo to talk about suicide because suicide is a very, like, human thing to think about. Go, Who else is really thinking about suicide, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, regardless of whether you believe there's aliens or some shit, we're alone. We're alone. It's like, so if we can't talk to our fellow humans, who are we fucking talking to? But you was saying that suicide should be talked more about, and not just because you feel suicidal, but just be like, what is suicide? I mean, like, can you imagine being conscious and then trying to elect to remove that consciousness, but yet you can't fathom what that's like because you don't know what consciousness is like mm. on the other side, if there is there at all. And it's just, he was just saying that suicide itself is just an inter- interesting topic. And if people feel suicidal, they should not be, like, put on a plague boat, you know? Mm. They should be like, you feel suicidal? Fuck, man, a lot of people do. Isn't this crazy? Like, why do we feel this way? Like, that's yeah. a crazy mo- You are You are feeling extra human today because you're feeling suicidal. Um, suicidal should not be met with like, okay, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna calm down. Like, 
shut yeah, the yeah, hell yeah. up, man. Like bring this line and you know, think of all the people that are gonna miss you kind of thing. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's like it's oh it's so stupid, man. I like I, I think the cultural relationship uh with suicide across uh westernized uh nations has been so over open quote end quote supportive that it's actually caused it to be negative. Like, it's mm. like, oh, we're going to get you help. We're gonna, like, like just don't, don't, and I've never said this to, like, a doctor, right? But, like, but the, uh, if they'd be like, oh, d- uh, don't do anything. We're, we're going to get through this. It's like, listen, I'm sure you were suicidal eating breakfast this morning. Don't act like I'm an outcast. Mm. Be, be my mm-hmm. friend. Uh, this yeah. is, like, crazy. And, I like, I was um speaking to my girlfriend recently. And, you know, the world's going crazy right now. The world's going crazy. And I was saying to her, it's kind of romantic. She's like, no, it's not. It's not romantic. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a little little romantic. Think about it. Right now we are living, uh, we are experiencing what our grandparents were experiencing before, like, the great wars, before the diseases. Like, we are experiencing Mm -hmm. that, okay, we got to make sure we're we're getting ready for, to have enough food, we have enough money, our jobs are secure. Like, we, it's romantic because at any moment something bad could happen, and I think that's romantic. And then she's like, okay, I get it. I th- now this sounds so bad, and in the future someone's gonna like try to cancel me for it. But I think suicide in a way is romantic because we all understand it and we've all felt it a little bit before. Mm. Beautiful, yeah. I, I, lo- I love this conversation, and the thing that came up for me, you know, when you were talking about that, it's like our our, our approach to suicide. Let's bring it back to the spring thing again. Yeah. push against that spring oh you feel suicidal don't feel suicidal you can't do that that's a problem you know like don't and, and it's like we, we we resist it and we make it we make it a bigger thing in their head like hey it's not okay to feel like that because think about all the people you're going to leave behind yeah. well now they're like well shit not only am i feeling suicidal i've also got to feel guilty about feeling suicidal i'm broken <laughs> in some way you know and and like if i would be shocked honestly if anyone listened to this says they've honestly never had a thought about about it because you do, you kind of yeah. think, well, like, and it's not, you know, I moved in here and I was having thoughts about jumping off my balcony. Yeah. I was in one of the yeah. happiest places I've ever been. I was just like, what would it be like? What would it be like? like exactly. Like, you know, I think of jumping in front of trains, like your mind does this. It's not really me as much as my mind. Actually. Do you know the, uh, the French term for that? It's, uh, I, yeah, it's got to, yeah, tell me. Lapel divide. Uh, it means yeah. the call of the void. And yeah. I don't know if that's directly correlated with suicide, but it's like you can do anything reckless at any moment. And mm. for some reason, your brain's like, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, just that, that knowledge, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and, and I think so much of our attitude towards suicide is rooted in the fear of death that is like rampant in our culture because we're so disconnected from it. And it's, it's really, it's actually so much more about it's so much less about the person that's doing the suicide or th- considering it than it is about everybody else. You know, it's like, oh, it's so sad. Well, actually, what, what's really, yeah, it's what's really, really sad often or why, why people are saying that is because of how it's affected the people around them. You know, it's like, that's why it's like people don't really notice until they've done it. And they always say, oh, like, how did I not know? Or how did people not realize they were going through it? Um, and it's almost like that pain of losing that person or that pain of, feeling like I could have done more is what starts triggering a lot of that and that's maybe a bit of a pessimistic way to look at it because I know people do care about that individual as well but I think so much of it is is more about how it impacts us you know yeah around I always I've heard I've heard many arguments about suicide being like when they call it selfish and stuff and 
I um, I don't. I think you can. You're allowed to have that opinion that suicide is selfish, but I, I don't think that's ever something you should say to someone who's suicidal because that's mm-hmm. not gonna help. Um, if anything, yeah. if anything, right? Calling a suicidal person selfish is only gonna make them remain living but hate themselves even more because now yeah. they're now they're stuck. Yeah. Now they're stuck in hell. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, go ahead. What? I was gonna say honestly, if it, I I would love to know the people saying that whether they've ever sat in front of somebody who is genuinely in a place where they're wanting to kill themselves and and had to hold space for that and actually talk about that because it, until you have, have right and until you have and you know something I, I've been through like you're like who the fuck am I to tell this guy not to do this like if they're in that much pain I don't know I don't understand what I can't what what can I say to them or oh, don't don't do it well that's not about him that's entirely I'm making that about me because I'm uncomfortable about this topic of suicide because it's taboo yeah. I'm making that about me in the moment you know and and I think until you've experienced that and and really been sat and seen that in someone's you know eyes there's obviously the side to it as well that maybe if they're telling you that they're thinking about that maybe they're they're not really you know maybe they're looking for for help but still it's like yeah so that's not uh, a that's not a good way to deal with anyone who's no, telling them of be course selfish. Not. You know, it's like yeah. So because but you're allowed like you're allowed to have that opinion that it's selfish because it, mm. it, it's my opinion that um everything you do is is selfish because everything you do you do for the gratification gratif gra- oh, words <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say uh, you do it for yourself um whether it's a uh, beekeeping or suicide you're doing it for you I mean like. Even if you're like you're doing something that's considered selfless, right? Not selfish, selfless. Let's say you're you're raising your sister's child. Okay, your let's say your sister uh, passed away, and now you have to raise your uh your or her son. You're not you, you, you on on the surface. You're like I love I love that kid. I gotta raise him. But also, you're doing it because if you don't do it, you're gonna feel like shit. You're gonna feel horrible. Right. So, yeah. so you're doing it for yourself. Um, that sounds bad. Like I say that to people, and people are like. Mark, that's so heartless. Like, no, but but when you when you break it down, foundationally, everything you do, you're doing it for yourself. I mean, like when you're hanging out with your friends, if you crack a joke, it's because it's not because you want to make them laugh. It's because you're like, oh, I got a good joke, and when they laugh, yeah. it's gonna make me feel good. You know? Yeah. So everything is, uh, I think, is selfish. But to say that to someone who's suicidal, who's not, doesn't have a clear headspace, like. Oh, what a shitty thing to say! I just, I always, you know, the, the real, that. the real problem with it is the idea that selfishness equals bad. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good way. Of you know, it. because we're we're so codependent in our culture, where it's like actually your responsibility is to be a good son and be a good father and be a good daughter and and care for everybody else, and and it's like actually the only one fucking job you've ever got is you, you. Yeah. Because when you look after yourself to the best of your ability, you're actually being selfless because it, now you're not making other people responsible for your shit now you're actually more likely to be able to help other people. So, so being selfish is actually the most selfless thing you can do as long as it's coming from a place of like, it's my responsibility to look after myself as best I can. And when I do that, I'm better placed to be able to support others doing that as well. You know, like selfishness mm. is in that sense, really not, not a bad thing. It's just, it's being tabooed to make it out like it is. It's like when you're on the airplane, they say, uh, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help someone else. Right. Because yeah. if, you if you don't have it on yourself, you can't help anybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And th- this is what we have, you know. And I've been in this place 
so many people running around pointing the fingers at the world. That's the problem. He's the problem. The billionaires are the problem. They're the problem. And and it's like, well, actually, what about you? Like, you know, we've all we've you've got it. You've got you've got shit that you've got to deal with because we all do. And what if you started doing that, and then you were an example of to other people around you of actually, hey, look, like you can't wait for Elon Musk to come and solve all your problems. You've got to go and do it. Mm. And then they see the power of doing that. You know, this is really what what I come to understand from my journey and why I've started doing this is because it's like the only person who can fix my life is is me and you know you and you and you and you and everyone else as well and it's like as we do that that's that's how change really happens you know it's at the micro level so I am very lucky Tobias because I've been given the fantastic opportunity to talk to uh, people like you and everyone else I've spoken to so I'm gonna uh, abuse this privilege um, well, I am so screwed up, right? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on, right? And, um, there's, you can say you got to fix yourself and then you can, uh, fix the world, right? Like, like s- lowercase W when I say world, like, you, you know, mm-hmm. but you could fix yourself, then you can move Your on Your portion to- of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the hardest task you'll ever have is fixing yourself because, um, you know, I can I can look at uh, other people and if they're going through something, I can help them through it. But if it fails, to no fault of my own, let's say they, they couldn't figure it out on their own even though like, I was helping them. Not to sound callous, but that doesn't affect my life. It affects theirs. So helping other people, I have less skin in the game, right? Um, but helping myself, well, that's all my skin. So it's it's kind of like uh, the problem is choice and what to do and knowing what choices are out there. A big pro- I don't know if this is a, a UK thing, but a big problem with the American e- education is that a lot of students go through their entire educational career not realizing what choices they had. So they'll go through college mm-hmm. and not realize that they could have done something else. They'll, go, they'll be in high school... And for some reason, only they'll only have in mind three career options. So you want to fix yourself, but you don't know what avenues you can take. And I'm sitting here, like, trying to figure out what to do. And I've realized, and I shouldn't say this out loud, uh, but I've realized I am very, very outcome dependent. And I don't find pleasure in the process. I find pleasure... And the success, and that's a, pro- I know that's a problem, but I don't know how to fix it. Um, so mm-hmm. let's let's put it all together with me and many people not knowing what options we have or what avenues to go down. Um, we don't know what goals to set for ourselves, and because we're outcome dependent and we have no goals to set, we are never fulfilled. Mm-hmm. What what? Not that you're going to answer this like outright, but what, <laughs> what what do we do about this shit? Yeah, I love that. What that is a problem in the UK, first of all, and it's about more than education. For me, it comes down to this phrase: social conditioning. You know, we're being molded and shaped from the early age, from you know, really as a baby. Really, it starts with our parents to to be compliant docile i would often say members of this society of this system and a lot of that involves be a good little boy and girl 
you know, do what you're told, trust mummy and daddy, because mummy and daddy says so, which is really an extension of trust the system, trust whatever authority voice is telling you what to do, because they know what's best for you, you know, and just play it safe and follow this structure. And then it goes to education and it's like, this is the path you've got to follow. And you're going to go and you're going to, we have like, they're called GCSEs, but like whatever, you know, your exams. And then you're going to go to university or college. And then you're going to, and it's like, it's, it's conditioned into us in a way where it's like, this, this is what life is. And we forget along that way that we, we have the power to choose. We're the ones that have the autonomy over our life, but we, we don't realize that because we're not, we're not conditioned in a way to believe that. We're conditioned in a way to surrender that autonomy, to conform, to fit in, to forget about the power of our own voice. And so people go through school, like you say, not realizing that you have options, mm -hmm. not realizing, you know, for us, we had our first career sessions at the age of 11, 12. And it was always, what are you going to do? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to go and be a lawyer. You're going to go and do this. Okay. Well, these are the grades you need. This is the university you want to go to. And I'm like, dude, I'm 12 years old. Mm. You know, <laughs> nobody has a clue. Most people still don't have a clue in their twenties, thirties, sometimes as well. So the first step I think is, is, is understanding actually, because what this does is it, has us forgetting how powerful we are this is what fuels victim consciousness because we believe that it's down to the governments we believe it's down to the system things outside of us we're so reliant on these things outside of us you know and and it, it comes all the way down to like the weather or, or depending on what's going on we're reliant on these stuff to tell us hey it's safe to have a good time now or you know this is a nice time of year we're just so tuned outside of our own body and mind and soul and tuned so much to kind of external things that, mm. that, again, we forget that we're actually living an internal reality. You know, we're not experiencing life as life is. We're experiencing life as we think about it because that shapes our, our inner experience. So that's the first step. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, I'm following you, yes. You have any questions about that? No questions. There, there, there's things I might have to write it down so I don't forget. There are things I want to <laughs> say. No, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, I, I just wanted to add that, um, you know, the, uh, I think the, the big gap between you and I just like, I don't, I don't really know what UK culture is like or history is like, but, um, in America around the eighties and the 1980s, we separated, uh, schooling for trade education, like plumbing, electricians, uh, carpentry. Mm. We separated that kind of work, like blue-collar work, with white-collar work. So high school, like regular high school, uh, regular middle school, all that was uh, blue, blue, uh, blue, no, white-collar, like, you know, mathematics, you know, history, English, like any, like learning how to type. And then if you wanted to do, and it's still the same way to this day, if you want to do any kind of trade work, you literally have to leave the high school and go mm -hmm. to a completely different section of the town. Yeah. And socially, kids who do that are treated like they're stupid, like they're unintelligent. But anyway, the, the point is about that is that we, we're separating careers and we're kind of isolating kids, like you were saying, to thinking that there's only one way to do it. And... um. And I want to let you carry on, but uh, I just wanted mm -hmm. to add that in addition to us, like, oh, be do doctors, lawyers, or whatever, there's no, there's no way for a kid to even know they're capable of exploring. And mm -hmm. Churchill, during World War II, said, I th 
yeah, World War Two, said that um, you know, they were getting bombed, they were getting attacked, they didn't know what to do, and and one of the officials said to Churchill, he was like, listen, we're gonna have to pull money out, um, to continue fighting this war, and they were like, where are you gonna pull the money out of? And he's like, we'll pull it out of the arts. And Churchill was like, you're not pulling it out of the arts because you pull money out of the arts to fight this war, then what are we fighting this war for? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really cool. And the reason why I bring it up, because it reminds me that everyone of our parents grow up and try to work really hard for their kids. And the goal should be to allow the kids to experience art uh, and, you know, pleasure. I don't want to, like, I don't mean sexual pleasure, but, like, euphoric kind of, like, fulfillment uh, to experience uh, books, to experience philosophy, that should be the goal. But for some reason, we have kids and expect them to live the same lives that we did. Mm. But, but I, I know I just, I just gave. No, you a I lot love more, that. I love that. I didn't actually know that Churchill did that, and I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I actually learned that in our class, which is kind of yeah, funny. that's awesome. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, especially in this country, we're seeing the arts crucified. You know, it's it's been happening for a, it's been gently well squeezed and squeezed and squeezed because mm-hmm. hey, you know, it's not a it's not real work. It's not like, you know, it's not the financial sector and all these other things. But anyway, I love it because what, what, what we're talking about, it's like it's, it's realizing that you have power and that you have options and that there's not one set life path and that actually you can be, do or have whatever you want in your life. And we don't we don't instill that in kids. You know, we, we, we come in with dreams and then we go into this this machine that slowly sucks these dreams out of us unless you're somebody who's like like really almost destined to do this and then it gets us no that's not realistic you know you've got to do this you've got to conform you've got to play it safe because it's all based around this idea of safety our whole culture is is like built on foundations of fear and it's all about play it safe play it secure you know yeah. and and get a nice job and get it and just just settle down play it safe because the world's a dangerous scary place and and that kind of starts at school i think and it's, it's about realizing like, hey, like you can, you really can do it. Like, even if you're not, you want to be a musician and you're not naturally the most talented singer or whatever it is in the world, you can work at that shit and you can still do it. If it lights you up, that's what it's about. But they don't, they don't instill that in us. They instill, again, fear and conform and survive. That's what it's about. It's about survival. And, and that's a really important mindset shift, I think, that, that if we can do is everything because then it's suddenly like oh now i know why i'm living my life i'm living it to live not to survive i'm living it to experience i'm living it to to go through this and and you know what like it lights me up to put on a put on a tutu and then go dancing i don't know you know whatever whatever it is right it lights me the fuck up to do that and i don't need a reason to do it other than that so i'm going to go and do that and now i realize i am actually living that should be uh the title of your book if it lights you up, that <laughs> actually that actually pretty good. That's like really yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah. so I, another thing, I don't know what's going on in uh, the UK, but in America, we're kind of approaching an educational like r- renaissance, right? Or an a, mm. a a complete revolution in the way we educate our children, and it's not coming from the state; it's coming from the people. Um, yeah, I don't know if you heard about it. The uh, like I I I don't know because I know I know like currently I don't know how long it's gonna last. Currently, I know like America is kind of the, the the center of world news, 
for, like whenever like oh Trump's got an opinion I gotta know oh mm-hmm. Biden's being stupid oh look at that video like I I get it right um but this was everyone's talking about this in America they were for a while um and they kind of still are a new bill was passed in Florida called the Parental Rights and Education Bill and you might better know it as what they're incorrectly calling it. Uh, they're calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about this? Yeah. Okay. Not in huge detail, because I admit I don't really step to no this stuff. But yeah, because yeah, who, who, it has, doesn't concern you at all, so who gives a shit, right? But the the reason the reason why they say it's the Don't Say Gay Bill is, is it's honestly, it's, it's BS. It's all propaganda. Uh, but yeah. what the bill actually means, um, it was made so parents have the right to know what their children are being taught in school um, because the parent, the the teachers could, if they wanted to, they could say whatever they want and the parents wouldn't know. Or let's say the curriculum is um, math on Wednesday, history on Tuesday, and uh, the parents want to know, okay, what what's the curriculum so I know how to teach my son or daughter how to do that math project Um I want to learn ahead of time, so I'm ready for it. It's like just be having transparency. If my kid falls down that day, I want to know um, if, in case they're hurt. So there's a lot of things going on. Right there. The, the, a lot of the people want more power over their children, which they should have. They mm. should have more mm. transparency and power. Um, because what the pandemic did, it made people realize how prison-like and how indoctrination-like schools are. Like People are like, oh, right. shit, this is not good. Um, so that's one thing that, that bill, I mean, it's pretty big. It's a big deal. The other thing is a lot of parents are starting to do what's called a uh, pod learning, which basically means the parents, uh, pool their money together and hire teachers, um, for their neighborhood. Like it's a neighborhood thing. And so it's basically a, a, a very small private school. Um, they're doing that. Uh, I know charter schools are a thing. That's a little di- bit different. The char- charter schools are basically like the state uh, values your child at a certain amount uh, based on the where they live. And then the, s- the child gets to choose where they want to go to school. Uh, so the state gives them money. Um, but the point is people are starting to be like, oh, shit, something's not right. We, we got we got we got to change this. Um, what's is there anything like that going on in the UK? Yeah. I don't know about on the bills bill level, but definitely at the roots level. Um, you know, like what we're talking about, and I, I mean, I said this for a long time. We get taught what to think, but not how. Mm-hmm. It's entirely what school is. This is what to think. You know, this is this is history, and it's like, well, and like I studied history at university, and like the very last module we got was basically like, you can't trust anything. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. no such thing as a fact. You know, and. Um, there's other analogies. Like our education system is like getting a whole bunch of different animals and telling them all to go climb that tree and then grading them on it. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. the zebra is going to fucking fail at that and the monkey's going to win. So um, people are obviously really waking up to this. And, you know, I think, I think there's a few things. There's obviously like the influence of stuff like TikTok, you know, which a lot of kids are watching and they're learning. They're learning stuff that they actually want to learn on apps like this. And I know we can argue about the benefits and the content or even YouTube. You can go and learn anything you want. Yeah. And, and I know, I know somebody, maybe it might be worth getting her on. She's a kind of a spiritual uh, leader yeah, in, in my area. And she, when you, she's bringing out a book about alternative education for kids and, and, you know, how there's other ways to do this sort of outside of what, what the system usually does. And really, really actually educating these kids on what really matters, you know, like 
how to regulate your nervous system, how to actually breathe properly. Because mm. no, no, no one's doing this, you know, but like what, how trauma works, like how, how beliefs actually work, how you create your reality, how you're not your mind and you're not your thoughts. Like all of these things about how to actually use this vessel that we've been given that nobody taught us. Like I had 20 years of good education. I went to private schools. I was lucky. Oh, you son of a bitch. Never, <laughs> never got taught. Never got yeah. taught how to, how, to, how to think, how to use my mind, you know, how to look after my mental health. It, yeah. it was it was the same education, but just, you know, in a slightly different way. And um, this is the shit that people really need. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. All the things we, we aren't taught, all the things that we think are supposed to be normal. It's like uh, education was one thing, and then it just stopped evolving. And mm-hmm. even the teachers, and like I know, I know my state at least. I don't. I I can't speak for the country, but I've never heard of a teacher being happy about how they're being compensated for their work. Because no, being a teacher is hard. It's fucking hard, right? You go to you go to work, right? You go to school for at least six hours. More than six hours. You got to get there early, and you got to stay there a little bit late. But let's say you go for let's just say you go for six hours. Okay, you're working six hours straight. And you got to go home and grade papers and, like, read, like, 1,200-word papers, like, maybe 80 of them, okay? And you have to grade, uh, like, tests. and Like, it's a nonstop job. I'm like, I get it. They have, like, summers off. But they don't make enough money to actually take those summers off. They got to get another job when the summer comes around. So uh, teachers teachers aren't having a good time at school. Students aren't having a good time at school. And the administration is so cuckolded by fucking politics that nothing can get done. And I'm like, my father's in education. He's been in education for a few decades. Um, I work around a lot of teachers and people who are in education, and no one is having a good time. And when when, when the actual teachers, man, the people giving students the information know that uh, when, when they say stuff like, this isn't working. Something's gonna. This, we. This is not sustainable. I. We like the kids aren't being taught the way they should be taught. They're all stressed out. They're all going crazy. They don't know what real life is like because of the pandemic. When they're saying stuff like that, bro, we got a, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. a big problem. And what's really scary is that so many big things have come about because uh because of the pandemic, right? A lot of things are coming about because of uh. We're, we're hitting, like, a high point of where, like, all these di- different cultures and ideas are about to peak, right? This isn't going to end with calmness. There's going to be an explosion, and, it, and I feel like it's going to be pretty soon. You understand? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's this, there's this book, and I didn't, I didn't start reading it yet, but I, um, I know about, and... It's called the, the fourth the changing. Oh, okay, I go on. Sorry, what was that? No, I thought it was going to be the changing world order, but uh... no, no. Well, I don't know what that's about, but it might sound the same way. It's called the fourth turning. Yeah, Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. Yeah, right. So it's it's scary, man. It was published in 1997, and it's basically predicted every or almost every. Uh, huge event that that would be would have been recorded in world history from 19 whatever's to uh to now and now they're not the way i explain it to people is like these aren't psychics these are not people trying to say oh i i figured it out because god spoke to me these are people saying based on history and what's happened over the last several hundred years 
it's safe to assume these things will happen again. And yeah. it's it's happening. It's yeah. fucking happening. We are so so to explain it to people is the way uh they explain it is they break it down into seasons. There's uh spring, summer, fall, and winter. And let's say World War II, the end of World War II, that is spring. Um, unfortunately, you know, Europe is doing really shitty because they just lived through, like, a bombing raid for a decade. Um, so they're not doing too great. But America, we're doing pretty solid. We got the best of the spring. America experienced spring. Everything was good. It was booming. We were doing great. We were making jobs. Our economy was awesome. We were, we were becoming number one. And then summer came. All right. We're, we're not building anymore, but we're not getting lower. We're, we're, just, we're relaxing. We're enjoying it. Nice. Okay, fall came around. We're not building anymore. We're still relaxing, but things are falling down. And then winter, arguably around uh, the, the uh, tw- uh, 2000 to now, winter is basically like it's all downhill and... Once you hit the end of winter, a new spring will start. And they're suggesting the end of this winter started in 2000, right? Around 2000. The end of this winter will be in, uh, I think, twenty between 2025 and 2035. I think they have an exact date. I don't know. Um, but the, the exact dates are never going to be completely correct. But I think my guess is 2036 we're going to see some pretty big shit happening. But the reason why it's scary is cuz they've been they've been right about the financial collapse in 2008. They were right about 9/11 stuff. They were right about coronavirus. Um and they were predicting this like this Ukraine stuff. What else is there that they're going to be right about? And with all all this convergence of all these ideas and culture fighting it itself and kids not knowing how to grow up or how to be taught uh, things are coming. Yeah. Things are coming our way. We, we, but bro, we all feel it, you know. And I, yeah. and I think, I think, I think COVID and 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 suddenly, conveniently, when it all just disappeared. I don't know if it was the same in the US, but it was yep. like yep. suddenly we, we don't need you to be afraid of this anymore. So it's not even real. And like people saying, oh, it's just a cold now, isn't it? Oh, great. Yeah. Now it's Russia. Then it's Will Smith. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's lured people a little bit into a false sense of security because I think during COVID, everyone had this sense something's happening. Like, like this, this old, the, old, the old world's dying. It's falling apart. You know, it's like a phoenix burning down to be reborn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we pick up on it. And, and I think Tony Robbins says, you know, we're only about halfway through. And, and the big shit has not happened because, yeah. you know, you look at the economy, the way that you guys are, well, not you guys, but the way that the US dollar is getting printed, like, like nothing. Just don't even start economy. with me, bro. Decentralization, you know, central banking, digital currencies, like all of this, this, what we're really seeing is a power shift. Yeah. People are waking up to the power that we really have as individuals and that we don't need these massive conglomerate corporate and, you know, globalist structures in place telling us how to live. But those guys got very used to that power and they want to keep it. And, and that's, you know, that's where the book, The Changing World Order comes in, which builds on a lot of stuff of the, the fourth turning and, and that stuff. And um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I also look at this from a very spiritual standpoint. You know, they talk about astrology, um, which a lot of people think is bullshit. But there's a reason why a lot of like top entrepreneurs and business people actually consult astrologists before making big decisions. Like, you know, if they're doing that, then there must be something to it. But they talk about like, you know, the change into the, the age of Aquarius and how we moved into this new age. It happened in 2021, I think, um, and how the energy is starting to shift. And, um, you know, there's just 
we spoke about this before, right? I like to look yes, at, we did. be open to all sorts of things. And when you see the patterns across, when there's patterns in astrology and they line up with that and they line up with this, and there's all these kind of, it's not an exact science, but there's similarities that we're seeing all over the place and all these different disciplines and schools of thought. That's where, where I like to kind of try and, you know, pull these things together. And um, it, uh, yeah, it, it really, it really does feel like there's, there's a big shift happening. And they talk about this, you know, this, the new earth, this new way of being, which is like oh, moving up into a higher level of consciousness, you know? um if anyone if it's hard to explain right but there's this thing called the scale of consciousness and what it shows is the different different emotions and how each emotion has a certain sort of vibration because everything's energy you know and like a higher vibrational emotion is sort of like more like pure consciousness you know so we talk about like love and enlightenment those kind of levels of consciousness which are kind of like more like the truth of who we really are like pure pure conscious and then the you know things like shame and apathy and grief is like a very low vibration anyway we don't need to get too caught up in that but the, the point is a lot of these spiritual circles are saying you know we're moving into this this new earth where we're going to be living more in alignment with sort of love and connection and oneness whereas before we've been in 3d which is like fear ego pride you know, those kind of things, which is generally the way the world has kind of been run for a little while. And um, there's this amazing documentary I recommend everybody watch called Time of the Sixth Sudden. And they interview all of these indigenous cultures from all around the world, like different indigenous cultures from everywhere. And they all have very similar prophecies, you know, talking about, which we talked about last time, like our proximity to Sirius, which I think there's a, the India, uh, Indian culture and also the Mayans talk about this as well. 12 and a half thousand year cycle and, and how when we move closer to Sirius our consciousness expands and we, we change our way of living um, but anyway all of these different indigenous cultures had similar prophecies talking about this shift this change into sort of a new earth that's happening so I just find it interesting hearing you talk about that and then we talk about that and astrology oh, like it seems there's a lot of things lining up talking I'm about gonna make this. it worse so, I'm gonna make it worse hey, me. you look into uh, the Gregorian calendar mm. um, I didn't look into this on purpose. This was an accident. But uh, months ago, I was in the middle. So I, I, I've my goal is to read as many religious books as possible. So I read the entire Bible. And in in the process of reading the entire Bible, uh, I was like, when I was lost or didn't understand something, I'd, I'd look up what something meant. And the, the most interesting part of the Bible is the Old Testament. Uh, and I, I think Genesis and Exodus are the coolest parts. Um that and Job. Job. I feel like you would like Job a lot because um, it's about uh, it's about like suicide and like uh, your life sucks, but you kind of have to deal with it. Anyway, I, I was looking something up, and I came across a video where a guy was explaining uh, what things meant, and he was talking about the Gregorian calendar, and this video was posted like 12 years ago. And that video... Coupled with a couple other videos I watched about uh, um, the Gregorian calendar and like, um, and then also being in the process of uh, the in the middle of COVID and stuff. Point is, I came to this discovery that what some people say, and this is some people, because uh, if you're religious, the Bible says that if um, if the world were to end. No one, not even the angels, know when it's going to end. Only God does. So if you have any idea of when it's going to end you're wrong 
You don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. point. But th- this Gregorian calendar thing says that something's supposed to happen in, in the next 20 years. Mm. And it's either that or because there, there was two ways to look at it. It's either that or it's going to be the next several hundred years. But one of the options is like within the next 20 years. And I don't want to be one of those guys which like the the end is nigh. And, and look, I, re- mm. I read the Bible, guys. I know things <laughs> like, no, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. But it was yeah. just such a coincidence that I wasn't looking for end of the world stuff, but I accidentally found some really creepy shit. So if things like the like the Bible, if things like the the document you just you just spoke about, if all these things, these people, these books, and this collective consciousness, right, feels like uh, shit's going down, mm-hmm. then shit's probably going down. But yeah, what's what's yeah. really scary is that so I, you're you believe or you're saying that there that. You know, you're, you're you're on the more positive end of it, where it's like, I I I 100% believe this is happening for a very good reason. Okay, going to end up for the best of. So you're white pilled. That's you're white pilled. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm not I'm not black pilled, but you know how I said after World War II, America was doing great, but Europe was in shambles because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, you you guys had to rebuild your roads while America got to eat ice cream. That's honestly. You know, we were doing great, or because we had the we had the opportunity. So, my fear, whether it's World War Three, economic collapse, or you know, uh, whatever, <laughs> yeah, my fear is that when summer comes again, it won't be America, it won't be the UK, it won't be, you know, Australia. Not I don't give a shit about Australia. It won't be a country we like. It'll be China. Right. I literally, I fucking believe there's a huge chance China's going to be the next, like, summer-dominant country because, I mean, they're pulling the strings of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're dependent on everyone else, but we're also dependent on them. It's very, uh, what's the word for that? Um, uh, it's like a symbiotic relationship. But uh, that's my fear, is that if something big happens the people who come out on top aren't going to be our friends. Mm. I think, and I think that's, you know, it's an important fear to acknowledge, you know, like, like you say, we know the power that they have and the influence that it's also having on our culture. Like we, like it or not, like before COVID, we would look at the way Chinese lived and look at social credit systems and digital currencies and all of these things and say, we, we don't ever want to live like that. Yeah. And then since COVID, people are saying these things are a good idea and the infrastructure is already in place for a lot of these things. You know, and now we've got sent, we've got our, the, the UK head of the economy who leads the G7 saying that they're actually going to introduce central banking digital currencies, which are basically like coupons and they oh, even say no. that these are, yeah, this is our, our chance of you said this the government and employers are going to be able to choose what you spend these things on. So oh. these things are more like coupons than anything else. Oh, so, Tobias, you got to move to yeah. America, bro. Dude, but I mean, you know, this is going to, ha- it's happening there as well as anywhere else. Holy I think. But, uh, shit. It's, but you know, this is what, this is what we mean. It's like, I don't believe that's ever going to win because the only thing that gives these structures their power are us, the people choosing to believe in it is is oh, complying you know yeah. that's really what's happening like like these governments have power because they keep us afraid and then therefore we sacrifice our freedom for the sake of security 
But when people start seeing through the fear and the lies, which they're now starting to, yeah. because isn't it convenient how, again, COVID oh, just switched yeah. off as soon as it was, you know, no longer convenient for us to worry about that. People are seeing through the fear and they're realizing that actually we don't need to live in this fear and, you you know, surrender our, our freedom for, for whatever these guys are offering us. Like, we're going to claim our power back. And I think maybe we need to be squeezed and pushed a little bit more for that oh, to happen. Shit. But, um. Yeah, I, I guess I just I just believe what it, I heard something really interesting, which will explain this. When the printing press was invented in sixteen hundred, yep. something like that, it was the start of the Thirty Years' War. I think it was. I'm not. I'm not sure. That was the first. Sure. So it was the first time information was being freely disseminated outside of you know the the, the existing power structures. There was a huge pushback because of the amount of power, because knowledge is power. The amount of power this brought back to the people that the, the systems that were in place really pushed back on that and tried to control and, and manipulate and hold on to that power. And I think it started the 30 or 100 years war, something like that. But eventually the people won and, and the power structures changed and, and power went to the people a little bit more. And they're saying this is a very similar thing to what's happening at the moment with, with crypto and decentralization, like this technology and, and also just stuff like YouTube, like people having these conversations like you and me are having right now is, is waking people up you know, and and um, even if there is a pushback and, a, and you know, maybe maybe it might be China that have more power for a little bit of a, a time. The more people wake up and realize that, you know, we are actually the ones with the power and that there is another way of life. Like you can't stop that. You just can't stop it. It's going to it's inevitable. I really believe that. You ever seen V for Vendetta? Yeah, it's literally you right now. <laughs> only i mean like for many reasons but it d definitely helps that you're, you're from the uk from from Britain, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so a few things right the reason why i mean not only because it'd be cool if you were in the united states but we also have fucking guns mm. and yes our government is afraid of that our yes it is yes it is and I'm not saying they're afraid of it because they think that because the government wants to hurt us. But they're afraid of it for a few reasons. Because if the government's like, if we put something in place that they're going to freak out about, they could hurt us. Um, sure, yeah. Mm. They're if they're tyr tyrannical, we will revolt. But there are some stupid fucking idiots who are who could uh, be domestic terrorists. So they're afraid for a few reasons. I'm not going to say it's one or it's just one. Mm. But I feel a lot safer knowing that if there's a lot, I think there's a lot of civil rights I'm willing to die for. And when they start blurring the lines between, you know, a civil right and like what like needs to be done for the betterment of the people, when they start like kind of, you know, slowly cooking the frog, right? Um, I don't know, there's a lot of things I'm willing to die for. I don't have a lot to lose. United States government, mm. just so you know, I don't have a lot to lose. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know you guys are listening. Yeah. So <laughs> I. And, and it's not even that. It's like, it's, it's even if the culture changes, let's say the culture does change. Let's say that it gets really tyrannical. Let's say it gets so bad. Let's say the economy gets really bad and, and, and people are unhappy. That just makes other humans dangerous. I, I, want, a, I want a weapon to protect, you know, my, my home, my, my family, my friends, because humans are dangerous. When we get desperate, we get desperate. Um, so I think I, I, I really, I'm, I'm a staunch advocate of like the Second Amendment. I think it's super super important to the right to uh, to bear arms. Um, I think it was a really big mistake for Australia not to have weapons. I think they were, they totally screwed the pooch on that. I think uh, 
I know England gets super strict. Like every month, there's a new like restriction against anything that shoots a projectile. I mean, like if you have a a rubber band slingshot like in your fingers, they're gonna be like straight to jail, straight to jail. Yeah. Like I know that's the joke. It's like if you walk out of your house with a butter knife, my God, you're, you're like <laughs> say goodbye to your mother. You'll never see her again. You're going to prison. Yeah, and yet knife crime is more rampant than ever. In, in yeah, yeah, they get rid of they. You, know. you got no guns. You got no projectiles. What do you think's gonna happen? So you. They're gonna find ways to kill people. Okay, what are you yeah. gonna do next? Because you know? they're not dealing with the root cause behind it. Exactly, these exactly. Are are you are they gonna start banning uh, bleach and ammonia so they can't make mustard gas? No, it's a common household cleaning product. Like like your people are gonna find ways to kill other people. Like I'm sorry, exactly. Don't shoot the flame. Shoot the base. If there's a problem, fix the problem. Don't fix what the, the tools they're using to express themselves. Honestly. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm getting carried away. Point is, shit's fucked. Right. All right. We got. We figured that out. It's fucked. Um. I. I still think, you know, with Elon Musk buying Twitter now, with um. Because you said like, look at us, Mark. Like we we have we had the chance for to to be better. And and my first reaction was like, but Tobias, like, not to be super conspiratorial, but at this point, it's basically proven that. These tech companies censor you to no end for political gain, and mm-hmm. if our politics are against the agenda, then it doesn't matter what we talk about or how often we talk about it. No one's gonna be around to agree with it. And but like with Elon Musk buying Twitter and all that stuff, it kind of gives me uh, some hope. Um, but what I'm saying about America is, I still think. And this is this isn't a dig at, at, at the UK. I don't know what UK is like. I, this isn't a dig at anywhere else. But I still think you, the America is one of the last like places that real change could happen because our people, my fellow citizens, are like are wild men. Like we, we are crazy. And I and I believe that so many of us are willing to do something about it if something actually happens. Because what you've noticed as this culture has started to shift back to kind of normalcy. Um, like with, with Elon Musk stuff, you realize a lot more people are centrist than over to the left or over to the right. So the majority of the people all feel the same way. And I think now that we're starting to realize that, we're ready to do more about these big things. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. And, and you know, it's... It, I would say the UK is... I mean, look, it's the longest standing democracy in the world, right? Like the way our that's system so cool. has, has been has been in place. So we've been living this way for a very long time. And that's why there's a lot of tradition and all these things are, are highly valued in the UK. And it generally keeps people quite... I don't want to say toe in the party line, because that's not true. Because, because also a big part of our history has been a lot of social change has actually come from the UK, like originally. Um, yes. you know, and, and there's been a, a big... Because of having a democracy you know we were the first guys to have a civil war and kind of get rid of our get rid of our monarchy and replace it with something that had constitutional things in place which is why that's still been there my point is um generally i think that we we've been more trusting or there's there's a, there's a sector of our culture that's more trusting of the state and there's another sector of it which which is totally not and that sector that just completely distrusts everything is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because I used to be part of the sort of, you know, conservative, like, yeah, you know, the government is all great. And now I'm like, I'm fully in there. Just like, fuck it all up, man. Like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, rewind, but... rewind for a second. Did you just Go say on. 
in in the UK, conservative means you like the government. Because currently in the United States, uh, conservative means you you don't like the government. Isn't that weird how that works? Yeah, it is, huh? It is. Yeah, they they, yeah, they, they, they flip flop because right now our government is uh, more liberal than they are conservative. So the conservatives are like fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we've had a Tory government in place weird. one way or another for you know fifteen years, whatever it is. Yeah, now, so. but continue. Sorry, that was just funny. No, it's all good. Um. But yeah, I, I really noticed and I saw this in myself and in other people that, you know, particularly with all the that went in the in the more draconian sort of COVID era, all of these protests, like they were happening all around the world and um they were fucking big. Like this did not get reported, but there were millions of people marching a lot of a lot of, at a lot of these things. Normal people, you know, not crazy conspirator conspirator cons, crazy conspiracy theorists as they try and paint it out. Obviously there were some crazy people there, but for the most part, like it was just normal people, like diff, you know, people who disagree on things and agree on other things, but who were taking action and marching at these things, and it was being seen everywhere. So, I think this is happening globally. But I, I also would would agree with you, you know, um, that you look at the the length of time America's been there for, and sort of the way the way that it's ingrained in your DNA and your history to kind of to. So yeah to, to reject you. authority yeah, yeah literally fuck you state you know like this is we're not going to settle for this and i think it's yeah. it's amazing because you see that at the state level you know i don't again i don't know that much about america no, you're politics, right but... you're right the states are like fuck you i don't give a shit and do my own yeah thing. like F- florida's basically been like all this covid florida, stuff bullshit Texas, from the beginning right yeah so, um and that yeah i think i think that's awesome i think that's awesome yeah the, i the, think um the fuck you is great yeah <laughs> so yeah. uh but I was going to say the um back real quick back to the uh the the end of the world basically the uh, the, sh- <laughs> yeah. the the shift of the world how the world's going to change the uh the date at which the fourth turning I think chooses where shit's going to be like either something's going to start or end is mm-hmm. the year that we turn 250 years old which is also the argument where it's like empires don't last longer than 250 years mm-hmm. and people will say oh well, america is not an empire it's like no no we're, we're an empire when you mm-hmm. go watch star wars we're, we're not the empire. rebels we're not the mm-hmm. rebels um yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's this british sketch of like um morecam and wise and they're pretending to be not they're not and they're like oh, are we are we the bad guys <laughs> yeah, like yeah. i had that realization recently it's like shit man yeah, like yeah. We're, we're not the good guys in a lot of this stuff you know that's so funny yeah because okay yeah. like i'm not sympathizing with the taliban but who do you think is going to have a more of a exciting reaction to watching uh, uh, star wars a new hope an american or uh, someone from the taliban honestly mm-hmm. it's not you know like it's like mm-hmm. anyway that was a horrible thing to say but it's true um so if if 250 years comes and this shit does get crazy man if if in the next 20 years uh around i'm personally choosing 2036 and i sound like a crazy person but i do but if if let's say the birthday of america and shit goes down i think i will believe in every conspiracy theory after that i don't think there's anything i won't believe Mm -hmm. you know yeah I'm already at the place where it's like I don't actively believe in most of these things, but it's like nothing would surprise me anymore. You know, if it turned out the world was run by lizard people, I'd be like, all right, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Equally, if it was like none of that shit's true, I, I'd be the same. You know, I'm just like I have no idea what's going on, but it's you know, it's 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 a ride. You know, it's fun. Anyway, um, 
so we've been going for like an hour and 20 by the way and we didn't yeah. and we wanted we wanted to get we went to, deep and we stayed deep yeah, the whole time the whole time we like wanted to happened. uh and i i i want to be before like we like totally sign off like we got a uh, we got a while um so you were sick or something what happened to you yeah yeah i, I was i've been I was, I was kind of ill for like three weeks um i'm definitely out, towards that the other, other side of it um and it was one of those, like, I, felt, I got, like, a little tickly throat. And I was like, all right, I'm going to beat this. So I'm going to be back to full health really quick. I'm gonna, I fasted for a day. And, you know, there's a lot of, it's in the yogic tradition, they talk about the benefits of fasting to help cure disease. I felt better and kind of took myself back into it and then got worse again. And I kind of went on this little wave because I would keep trying really hard to come back to, to full health and come back to, like, being productive, you know, and working hard and being an entrepreneur and being all this kind of stuff. And eventually my body just went nap and it just said, you know, you're not getting up for like a week, basically. Um, and I felt, I felt as bad as when I had COVID. Apparently it wasn't, but you know, it felt very similar. Um, and yeah, I wanted to talk about this because it, it kind of brought, what it did was take me really down into like my, my fears, you know, I think this is what illness often does. It slows you down. And all of this stuff, like I'm, I'm not safe to slow down. I've got to keep going. I've got to do more. I've got to show oh, up more yeah. because, you know, that that kind of thing really came up. Um, and anyway, I get the, the long story short, the process has just kind of been feeling through that and and coming to this place now where I realize like a different way of showing up, you know, that I don't have to be like constantly doing shit all the time and being this sort of perfect entrepreneur coach kind of person, which really was coming from a place of fear inside of me um, in order to, in order to do what I want to do in order to help people in order to kind of, you know, earn money or be successful. And it feels like this is kind of ties into a little bit of our conversation, this whole new earth stuff, you know, there's like a new energy, a new way of living this, what they call 5d consciousness where life doesn't have to be this sort of force effort work hard all the time kind of thing where you're always doing stuff you don't want to do it's like the most important thing is actually energy you know it's like the way you're doing something more than what you're doing because that that fundamentally that energy is the frequency of the universe and um it's uh it's been it's been really interesting because like now since shifting that and actually like for the last couple of weeks for instance i've just let myself like hey i'm not going to force myself to the gym i'm not going to get up at 5 a.m every day i'm not going to do all these routines i'm going to smoke a bit of weed if i want to like i'm going to just sit and watch tv and shit and I, I like i've been signing i've been doing better in my business i've been you know creating content that's doing better and and just a whole different shift and actually like my actual calls and the way i, I show up with people is, is completely mm. different um since doing this and focusing on actually what matters most is is the energy that I'm bringing to what I'm doing more than the doing because before it'd be like I'd force myself to get up and do all this stuff I felt like I had to do even if I didn't feel like I would do it want to do it and so I'd be coming from this place of sort of like effort and like scarcity and not enjoying it and um yeah it's been a really a really crazy shift that kind of was all brought on in the last three weeks from from getting ill basically um and i kind of just waffled on to you all about it there but no i i think that fit in a lot with what we've been talking about this whole time actually because mm. in the beginning i was like bro i can't i can't handle being a human being anymore and this is really hard and then you just <laughs> basically told me yeah i couldn't either 
but I but I figured it out, you know. Um, well, I'm definitely not figuring it yeah, out. Figuring, it out. figuring it out for me, right? I'll never yeah. tell you I've got the answers. Yeah. Absolutely not. But yeah, I think that actually fits in quite well to to everything we were talking about because uh that's my problem, man. That's my problem trying to trying to control. Yeah, man. Um my father made a joke about me. It wasn't really a joke. It wasn't like at my expense. He just made an observation and he was right. I don't like um I don't like drinking. I don't and I don't like smoking. I'll dr- I'll drink on uh the show. That's only it. So I make the joke that I only drink when the cameras are on. But um the reason why I don't like drinking is cuz I don't like feeling like I- I've done combat sports my whole life, right? And I always like to feel like I know what's going on. And I, I don't like being intoxicated. I don't- I don't like the way it feels. My dad made the observations like because you don't like not being in control. And I'm like, "Fuck, you're right. That that's true." Um and I feel like if I'm not doing what you were doing, right, getting up at – I don't get up at 5 a.m. Screw that. But getting up at – I did today for you, Tobias. <laughs> um, it, getting up at 5 a.m., uh, uh, taking a cold shower, uh, working out, doing 75 hard, you know, like whatever. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not doing shit, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, but then it's going back to that thing where it's like if you ask too much of the universe, the universe isn't going to give you the same energy back. You kind of have to like let it flow. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. the problem I have. I, I, I think I'm overcompensating for the uh, for the things that I haven't accomplished yet. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I, and I feel it, that. Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess, what you were doing, right? You were like... Uh, you... 100%, man. It was like, it was coming from this place of me that fundamentally didn't, because I believe in manifestation. That's why I talk about energy and, and it's about you attract what you are instead of what you want, you know, which is why the more you want something and the harder you try, you're sending out a a vibration that says, I don't have this thing and I want it. So you're going to get more of that back. Does that make sense? Repeat that. So the idea behind manifestation is you attract what you are, which basically means if you're saying, I really, really, really want this thing and you're going about trying to make it happen, you're sending out a signal that says, I don't have this thing. I don't have it. I don't have it. I want it. And you get exactly what you send out back. So you get, you want it back to you. So you're going to get, you're going to keep getting the situation that you're in. This is why I think people stay stuck. It's because they focus on where they currently are. And again, what we were saying earlier, trying to fix their circumstances, trying to fix what's going on. But when we do that, we're sending out this energy, this signal of I'm fixing and I'm stuck and this, this problem, this problem. And so we get more of that back. So you're saying... Because I have a bad relationship with that word manifestation, and I, I, imagine. I fuck you. I, I no, no, not not because of you, uh, because there's so much <laughs> shit out there about it, right? I argue till <laughs> you know, like my nose is bleeding about the word manifestation, probably because mm. I don't know much about it, or or because the people talking to me about it don't know what they're talking about. Um, I. So okay, before what you're saying is that if my mind is focused on what I want rather than what I don't have, I will get what I want. But if my mind is focused on, fuck, I'm struggling. Fuck, this is hard. I can't do this. Then I'm going to continue to get the shit, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In essence, it's it's like, it's more understanding everything that you ever want, you want because of the way you think it's going to make you feel. Okay. So the way I always viewed manifestation, Anything, and you might have you might have changed my mind a little bit, so that's a good thing. Uh, but prior to the last thirty minutes, if anyone were to say anything, you know, mystical or um, 
uh, and make any affirmations or whatever, I would be like, if that stuff exists, if it's real, it only works if you believe it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to, like karma, I, I believe, you know, I, I can accept karma exists, but I don't think it affects you unless you believe it exists. I think yeah, if true. you, because one of the things I like saying is, let's say heaven and hell aren't real the way you think it's real. But your soul creates its own afterlife. Let's say when you're on your deathbed, your brain will make a choice. You will choose if you actually believe you're a good person or a bad person. If you believe you're a bad person, your Mm. soul will create its own hell. If you truly believe you're a good person, your soul will create its own heaven. A murderer could be like, I'm a great person, and they truly believe it, they're going to go to heaven. So I kind of sometimes, I I, kind of believe in that. So I don't think any of this mystical stuff works unless you believe in it. I think that's a thing. Or maybe it's just it's just the way life works and whether or not you believe in it, it's coming for you. I don't know. Yeah. Um good. Well the other ahead. way of looking at that is it's like it's it's always working, but you get a reflection of what your beliefs are. Yes. So if you believe it's not true, you're gonna have that reflected back, but you're still it's still working in that sense. You know, I like remove the word manifestation, all these mystical mystical terms and just i like to think of it almost as like a game a simulation everything is energy and and we're creating what what we see by what we kind of project out and what we believe almost because we're creating what we experience because manifestation to me after hearing it from so many people just sounds like a fancy word for hard work Mm. you know because when people would say it's like you gotta you gotta you know believe you're gonna get it and you gotta keep going and like okay when people accomplish things and they're like, I manifested this. I'm like, or you just spent five years working at it, which I literally watched you do. <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't, you weren't gifted yeah. this. You worked for it. You earned yeah. it. Earned it. But then, what, think, what's another word for manifestation? I creation. don't. I have no idea. No idea. Creation, right? Okay, sure. Creation is that. And yeah, there's, oh, there's oh, multiple, I guess so. Multiple ways to create something, and and action is a key part of that. I would say. Mm. Sorry, yeah, go on. I guess I just I just get angry that people use the word manifestation like it's supposed to be a gift from the gods when I think mm. it's like, give yourself more credit. You, you did it like, okay. My, 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 I had him on the podcast um, and I've, and I've been on his, his, his name is Cade. You know him. Yeah. Cade would use the word manifestation and to me and the way he explained it made me think like he was giving, given a blessing. And I, and if I'm saying Cade's explanation wrong, I'm, I apologize, Cade, but, the way he he made it sound is like he was giving a blessing because he believed in a greater power and that greater power was the universe. And I was like, no, Cade, you just worked really hard to get to where you are. The universe gave you nothing. You gave yourself everything. And that's my disconnect. I disconnect mm. there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Does that belief serve you? Uh, I wouldn't know because I don't know what the other one's like yet, I guess. <laughs> So I guess the I don't know to buy. Do I gotta ask such a simple <laughs> question? You just you just leveled me with one question. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Yeah. Does that does that belief serve you? That was like, so, I hate you so much. That was so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. What's the other option? I get I get it, man. I get look, and I believed in manifestation at one level, but then it's like my body was still holding. This was part of the struggle was because my body was still holding on to this idea. But yeah, but is that really true? You know, and that I've got to be the one to control it. Instead of the way I see it is that it's not it's not all me and it's not all the universe, God, source, higher power, whatever you want to call it. 
It's okay. a co-creation. That's what they often say. It's like, I'm the one who, I'm the one who's bringing it to me. I'm choosing it. I'm choosing my energy. I'm doing the right work to get into the right state, but I can't control how it comes and I can't control exactly what comes. That is the bit that I surrender up, you know, but I, I, I the, the more I just focus on the energy part of it, I've seen in my life and a lot of people as well, I get a reflection of that energy that I'm putting out coming back to me. So that's, uh, that's what I have to work on then or try to, which is so what you, is what is, you don't have to, you can, if you want. Screw you. <laughs> you oh, get to work man. on it. I get to work on it. <laughs> Very good. I already screwed up. I already screwed up Tobias. I said have to, instead of get to shit. Um, oh God. Cause I, so the, 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 okay. I want, I want to wrap this manifestation thing up. Cause if you heard a guy called Neville Goddard, I've never heard of him, though. He was a mystic from, like, the 1930s, and a lot of people kind of base their stuff on him. He talks about, he basically says, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. This is where I think even people who don't believe in it can get a lot out of it, because what it's effectively helps you realize, what I was saying earlier, what we want, we want it because we, we want the way we think it's going to make us feel, right? Yes. People who want to be a millionaire often want to be a millionaire because they want to feel valued. They want to feel good enough. They want to feel safe. They want to feel free. So when you actually look at what you want and take it a step deeper, you realize what you want is not what you want. You want the feeling. You want to feel free. You want to feel powerful. You want to feel loved. You want to feel secure. Mm. The feelings that really matter. Everything is about feeling and emotion, really, at the end of the day. That's what gives our, our, our life value and sort of sustenance, substance, I should say. When you tune yourself to what you really want, the end goal, which is the feeling, you realize that. I don't need money to feel free. I don't need money to feel worthy, to feel, to feel these things. Or you, you know, you, it might still be that you, you want that and you intend to have that, but you don't need to attach to that external thing as the only source of that thing that you really want because you realize it's already inside of you. You know, you can use your mind and your imagination to take yourself to a reality where you're in a relationship, in a perfect relationship, and you can feel love and connection and peace and joy right now when you haven't actually moved because your mind and your body doesn't know the difference between imagining something or being there for real, right? So we have the power to influence our energy and influence our emotions and take ourselves into this, this state of being that we want to create, that our mind is telling us we need this external thing to have while realizing we don't need that external thing, we can create it now. And then when we, when we live from that place, i.e. the feeling of the wish fulfilled, when we live in the energy of the end that we're trying to reach, we're more likely then to create the physical thing that we want anyway. Because we're, we're being that version of ourselves. We're living in that way. Do Did you, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The words you're using make sense when they're put together. Like, I understand what you're saying. Um, coming to accept that as a reality is going to be hard for me because when it comes to this, I am an infant. Um, do you think that I I'm very pragmatically minded? The way I explain it is, uh, let's say um, you're going skydiving. Mm -hmm. um, if at first you don't succeed, you don't succeed. That's how my brain works, right? Because if you you jump out of a plane, if you, it doesn't work, you're not doing it again. Um, so when I have a problem or when I have a, a goal or when I want something, I think about it mathematically. I don't think about it in terms of uh, 
you know, luck might be the bad word, but luck or, uh, you know, spirits or whatever. Energy. Energy, energy that's, that's a good way to put it. I, I, I think about it as um, very, I, like, parametered. Like, I, I, it dates, times, moments, schedules. Like, I have to, that's, that's how I look at it. So mm. when I break it down into its smaller components, the energy aspect of it is kind of washed away. And I don't do that on purpose. I just, I see what I need to accomplish, and then I'm like, these are the steps I do, I take to try to accomplish that. Um, I guess I have no room for like energy in that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the beauty is that if that works, it works. It, right? I and don't it think work. it does. I don't think it does. Well, work. it works for some people. <laughs> for you know, I, I think I would say it does. You know, there's people out there that you know are very process driven, and you break it down, and you know, if you're going to build a house, right, you plan it all out, and this is yeah. kind of you follow, and and it and it and it does work, and you know you're not going to build a house by sort of guys let's just sit around and get into the energy of the house already being built yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. if you do that without actually building the fucking thing you're, gonna, you're just going to be sit, sitting there looking like an idiot yeah now it might help that if you get into the energy of the house already being built and then build from that space instead of fucking hell i've got to build this house you're probably going to build the house quicker that's more the way i look at it you know it's like it, it, it's it's like it, it, it's sort of the two things, the energy is there, whether you're paying attention to it or not, okay. because it's like, if you are breaking it all down into little mathematical pieces, you're still technically manipulating energy, which is all we're ever doing, you know, with each of those moments. So, um, I think I figured out the problem it works. It works. Go on. I am, I have been and continue to completely conceptualize everything you're saying incorrectly. Um, I understand the words you're using. They make sense in my brain. But the actual concepts, I don't think I could put into practice because there's some kind of wall or barrier in my head that is keep keep making me like turn around and think about it in the wrong way. I think that's mm. and not just you, anyone that's ever talked to me about this kind of stuff. Okay, for instance, my boss said, "Mark, you should try praying," and I'm like, "Lisa, I've I prayed for like 13, 14, 17 years straight. I've never experienced any kind of divinity, so I stopped." I don't, it's not that I don't believe in a God, but it was just energy I was not willing to expend because I've never, ever in my life experienced any kind of divinity. So why would I continue doing it? Um, and it's so aggravating because people like her will be like, like, I, I do it and I get so much out of it and it works. And I'm mm. like, what? How? How does that stuff work? <laughs> so there's some, there's got to be something inside I'm not really, it's not clicking. Maybe I got to read a few books or go to go to a seminar or or go to therapy i don't know but it just does it doesn't click with me so i don't think that you or anybody's wrong i just i'm i'm angry that i can't completely get it yeah yeah i tricked you by the way into giving me a, a free life coaching session by the way <laughs> Yeah, that's how you do it. You have to. You have to build. Invite me on for a podcast. Yeah. Get me talking. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. You, you before the episode, you were like, I want to make. I want to like let everybody know like what's going on with me. I've been sick for the past three weeks, and I'm like, Tobias, no, we're only talking about why. Dude, I'm I so glad we didn't. We were straight in there again. It was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah, it I was great. It. it worked out. Um, uh-huh. unfortunately, all all great things must come to an end. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. This was fantastic. It's always a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. Um, yeah, we, we go deep. 
Is there it. is there anything else? Because I know I just like said a whole bunch of shit and then just totally was like, anyway, here's a joke. <laughs> no, it's I, you know I think it was beautiful. I've got nothing more to add. Um, all I was gonna say was it's like no one has the answer. No one has your answers apart from you. And with any of this stuff, anyone listening as well, if like me talking about manifestation on someone out and it doesn't resonate or work for you, then fuck it off and find a way of looking at it that does. Yeah. Um, and the less you can, you know, because all these words, as a phrase, words are the least reliable purveyor of truth because words mean different things to different people. Like you're hearing me talk about this and perceiving it in a different way to the way I'm intending it. And that's just inevitable. It's always going to happen. So, um, yeah, let it all go and, and, and find the path that works for you. I think it's, uh, it's all we can ever do. Beautiful guys. Thank you so much for watching. Tobias, don't sign off. I'm going to debrief. Um, but that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>